0: The stressors associated with caring for an older adult with complex health issues can be emotionally and physically difficult. Numerous studies have explored how gratitude can positively affect one's well being. Hello, everyone. I'm Cheryl Musial, and welcome to My Care Advisors. In this episode, Living with Gratitude The Important Role of Family Caregivers, we are joined by Certified Senior Advisor. Sean Barnes. Well, welcome, Sean. I'm so grateful to have you here today to speak with our listeners.
1: Thank you, Cheryl. It's my pleasure. I'm very pleased to have been asked to join you today.
0: Well, let's start right into it. So, Sean, can you explain who are caregivers?
1: Well, the short answer, Cheryl, is that you and I, most of us, at some point in our lives, become or already are. Caregivers. We are daughters and wives, husbands and sons, sisters and brothers, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, life partners, neighbors, and friends. And if you'll take a seat, I'll give you the long answer as well. Caregiving takes many forms. Now, many of us are already helping someone who is disabled or aging or infirmed. And we do this every day. We know we're helping, but we we don't think of ourselves as caregivers. We're glad to do the things that we do, and we feel rewarded by it. But uh, over time, if it's a daily or weekly sort of grind, we can become exhausted and stressed. Even though in small doses, these jobs are manageable, having to juggle competing caregiving duties, along with the demands of our life, our work life, our family life, this can be quite the challenge. And as we continue in this role, balancing work and family and personal life and trying to handle caregiving roles, we may see our stamina wane. And then we may experience guilt and depression over those things we can't do.
0: Thank you, Sean, for sharing that. You're so right. You know, just so many things can impact caregiving. I was wondering some of the statistics that exist about caregivers.
1: Well, Cheryl, there are many uh, statistics for beginners. The CDC, or Center for Disease Control, in 2009 did a study using its behavioral risk factor surveillance system, and it found at that time in 2009 that approximately 25% One quarter of U.S. adults, 18 and over, had reported providing care or assistance to a person with a long-term illness or disability in the previous 30 days. Now, at that time, about 44 million Americans provided about 37 billion hours of unpaid, so-called informal care each year. Now, in 2020, the National Alliance for Caregiving, or the NAC, along with the AARP, cited a study in which almost 53 million Americans were counted as providing unpaid care to a family member.
0: Oh, Sean, thank you so much for sharing those statistics. And I was really wondering, what are the factors that influence caregiving?
1: As in every situation with individuals, it would vary. But in general, we see that the unpaid or informal family caregiver is typically a woman, 75% of the time, in fact. And that woman is, on average, a 46 year old who works outside the home and spends 20 hours or more weekly providing care for her mother. She is likely married or living with a life partner, uh, like the majority of caregivers who are between 35 and 64. And actually most caregivers work. Uh, Even among caregivers age 50 to 64 years old, 60% are estimated to be working part or full time. Um, How does that impact them? Well, it depends on how many plates they're juggling, doesn't it? informal or unpaid caregiving which is what informal means uh, unpaid has been associated with elevated levels of depression and anxiety higher use of psychoactive medications worse self-reported physical health compromised immune function and increased risk of early death over half 53% of caregivers Indicate that a decline in their own health compromises their ability to provide care for someone else. And in 2009, in the CDC study, more than one in four caregivers reported a moderate to high degree of financial hardship as a result of caregiving.
0: Thank you, Sean. There are so many implications, including financial ones, when it comes to unpaid caregiving. And as we think through the roles of the caregiver, how do caregivers support the caregiving needs of their family members or those older adults they are caring for?
1: That's a great question, Cheryl. You know, the informal or unpaid care that's provided is 75% of the care provided in the U.S. So in other words, 75% of the caregivers are, in effect, creating their own role or letting it create them the value of that activity. Those hours is $450 billion as of 2009. Now, mind you that in 2009, the cost of an in-home caregiver was about $12 an hour. Now, in 2022, it's about $25 an hour with a four-hour minimum. So the $450 billion that was replaced by informal caregivers in 2009 would now be worth around $900 billion. Now, the 65 and age over group is going to reach the demographic of 71 million souls in 2030. And what's interesting is that in 2009, when this study was done, uh, there were believed to be seven persons, seven potential caregivers per care recipient. In the US. In 2030, when the the population has nearly doubled of seniors age 65 and over, there will be only four potential caregivers per recipient. So, naturally, we're going to have to offset the lack of caregivers with paid or formal caregivers. But to answer your question, the roles that caregivers manage are wide and varied it may be that you buy groceries for your loved one it may be that you then cook for them you may clean their house do their laundry you may help your family member get dressed that may involve helping them reach their shoes to tie them or button a shirt or it may be picking clothes out for your loved one who no longer has the capacity for judgment It could be helping with transferring someone in and out of bed. Um, And it could be that you would then help them with their medications. Even today, caregivers are being asked to handle very complex medical tasks, like the giving of injections, feeding tubes, IV medications, catheters. Uh, These are some of the things that face you potentially. As a caregiver, you also, as a caregiver, need to assume the role of advocate, meaning that you need to not only schedule and drive and attend the medical appointments of your loved one, you also need to act in their best interest, particularly if they cannot do so for themselves. Now, the other thing we've mentioned already is that so many of us as caregivers work. And that also, that role will be impacted by your role as a caregiver, meaning that it won't be unusual at some point for you to put work aside and handle an emergency with your loved one, no matter the pressure at work. Or you may find that you have a relationship with your other team members, family members, and you can each sort of be on call. I've had clients who worked that way. One brother would sleep three nights at mom's house and the sister four, and they made it work. So there may be any number of approaches that you take, but those are the roles that you uh, are going to take upon. Um, In fact, about 20% of family caregivers. Provide assistance with these tasks I've mentioned every day or most days. And this doesn't even begin to touch one of the great areas of need for the care recipient that you, as the care provider or caregiver, will need to accommodate, which is emotional support. Think about it as if you were the person who no longer had the ability to do this or that for yourself, um, depression sets in and you need to be able to care for that person's depression as well as your own.
0: Wow, Sean, I am just blown away by how comprehensive the caregiver role really can be. So I was just wondering, you know, some of the factors, if we can go back to that, that really impact caregiving roles and those demands especially when caring for an older adult?
1: Well, Cheryl, it's interesting to me to note that study after studies, study after study, excuse me, suggests that there are really five factors that influence our caregiving ability and our ability to cope. And number one, and and it should be number one, is our, our own approach to life, the caregiver's approach to life. How do you view the world? And your place in it and the place of your care recipient. It has much, much, much to do also with the patient's illness experience. For example, a large percentage of caregivers are like me and spend eight or less hours a week with their loved one. I manage my mother's finances and we watch baseball together. Uh, but there are others who may be also old themselves. In fact, The average age of the caregiver for persons age 65 and over is 63. Now, you may have a 63-year-old person caring for their 65-year-old spouse or life partner, and that person develops dementia. Now, are they working 20 hours a week, eight hours a week? No. They're working 82 hours a week on average. Two full-time jobs. The patient's illness experience will greatly impact your experience as a caregiver. Someone who has a stroke and mobility issues will be an easier person in the long run and in the aggregate uh, to care for in terms of time that you need to be involved. Uh, Now, what's also important to caregiving is the patient's recognition of your contribution as their caregiver. To their well being. And that impacts and is, of course, reflected in the quality of the relationship between the two of you. And lastly, we need to make sure that we are shoring up you as the caregiver, your sense of security. Now, caregiving is also most impacted by two other arenas. One I've mentioned. Uh, is the type of illness. And, you know, caring for someone with cognitive dysfunction is truly a 24-7 job. The other difficult job that folks overlook or don't credit themselves with are those who are the long-distance caregiver. This is generally defined as someone living an hour or more away And this can be difficult, not just logistically, as you have found, but emotionally, because there is a sense of guilt that sets in on the part of the caregiver who is remote, who feels that they could be doing more. But in fact, the caregiver's role as a remote person is simply this. It is gathering information on resources, coordinating those services And then putting together a team that is local who can handle the day to day needs of the care recipient. Some of the challenges that caregivers face are managing their time, as one would expect, the emotional and physical stress. 22% of caregivers report their health has worsened as a direct result of caregiving, and lack of privacy. Those of you who've taken mom or dad into your home know what I'm talking about.
0: Can you explain some of the challenges that caregivers face?
1: Uh, Cheryl, naturally, what we would see with with every caregiver, the, the challenge is managing one's time. So caregivers generally say they have less time for themselves and their family, other family members, or they have complications around balancing work schedules with caregiving needs to 22% of caregivers report that their health has worsened as a result of caregiving. Now, I believe we may have mentioned earlier that there is a vast array of caregiving resources or or roles, let's say. Someone caring with a cognitive dysfunction would be working on average as much as 83 hours per week. Whereas someone like me, Who, by the definition of caregiving, is himself a caregiver. I spend about eight or 10 hours a week with my mother watching baseball and paying her bills. Both are caregiving roles. Now, those of you who are caregivers who have taken mom or dad or brother or sister into your home know that this is akin to an invasion of privacy. And that takes an emotional toll on you and it does on the care recipient as well. But here are the real challenges. The the meat of the matter is this. Most family caregivers are unpaid and they can start to feel financial strain early in the process. Um, Not only is it the financial strain, that financial strain, that stress is compounded by a lack of sleep. This can be the beginning of the end for the aging caregiver. And many caregivers are plagued, tormented really, by their inability to ask for help and such they become isolated and depressed. Let me give you a tip. If someone asks you, how can we help you? What can we do for you? Do not, in the future, tell them, we're fine. Thank you so much for asking. Just knowing that you care is enough. Next time, have a note in your pocket or on your phone or in your, in your mind. And that note is a daily or weekly running list of tasks. And when someone asks you what they can do to help, Instead of saying, we're fine, thank you, say, well, as a matter of fact, I need to pick up some prescriptions. Would you mind either A, sitting with my loved one while I do so, or B, picking them up for me? And that could be true for prescriptions, a library book, the cleaners, or any number of errands or tasks that on their own are insignificant. But when you're caring for someone who requires your attention 24-7 are overwhelming and don't usually get done.
0: Well, Sean, thank you so much for sharing those facts. I am just thinking about how grateful I am overall for all the
1: caregivers. As am I, Cheryl. It's amazing the the contribution that people are making in the lives of others. And I think in that way we can view caregiving. As a fulfilling and a meaningful journey, and we can prepare for this journey, such as some of you today may begin to do as a result of our talk, is realize those, I call them God moments. You, you may wish to call them something else, but when you're helping someone, you get a sense of fulfillment. That is what each of us on earth needs, is validation in the sense of providing something to others, fulfillment. It establishes, for many people, extended social networks of the team that they've gathered to help their loved one, or if they do what we would like for them to do, which is find caregiver support groups, uh, in which they can realize that indeed they are not alone, and in fact, someone else may have it harder. Um, And so we want to feel needed. We want to feel useful. So does, by the way, our care recipient. And so we need to involve them in their own life, in their own care decisions, and in their own treatment plan that we set out for them and with them with the help of their medical professionals. But the thing about caregiving is I think we learn, each of us, in those hard moments. When we feel alone, we learn a little bit about the meaning of life.
0: So, Sean, what steps can caregivers take to help manage your stress and foster that whole sense of gratitude?
1: I think probably, as we said earlier, and in so much of aging care, we we stress and promote planning. So if we can create a plan and work that plan, I think that we can be better adapted and, and better equipped and remain healthier And what we wanna do in that that plan is to start with the diagnosis of our loved one. We wanna learn about that diagnosis. We wanna learn about that disease process. We wanna learn about what's coming around the bend and plan realistically for that. We want to talk with our care recipient about their finances and their healthcare wishes that they don't at this time have in place something like a power of attorney or will or living will uh, or a trust in some cases, now is the time to do so. And we need to have that difficult conversation. Many folks have it with their parents around VA benefits and often men of an age that would would receive it, the the greatest generation uh, and the silent generation who fought in Korea those men will turn that down. It's a hard discussion for some family members because the men are too proud to take the money, but we need to talk with them about their wishes. We need to consider inviting others in on that discussion of the choosing of the care recipient, as well as us, and let them voice their concerns about what they're being asked to do, and let the care recipient address those along with you, the primary caregiver. And we need to begin to find resources like Meals on Wheels or adult daycare programs. Not every community has either of these, but many do. And the way to find out if yours does is to find out about the Area Agency on Aging. This is a federal program. It is generally set up regionally in states, but the Area Agency on Aging We'll have a listing for you of all of the available resources around aging care or disabled care. And then you want to find support. That same area on Agency on Aging will list caregiver support groups in the area, as will uh, disease-specific sites like the Alzheimer's Association, for example. And I would encourage you, again, if you're not getting support from someone else, emotional support. A caregiver support group is really uh, life-affirming and life-changing. So I hope you'll do that for yourself.
0: So thank you, Sean, for sharing those important tips. I was wondering about other ways that one can practice gratitude and improve caregiver health.
1: Well, Cheryl, I looked into this uh, not long ago, and I found an interesting uh, uh, proposition, I'll say, a paper by a licensed clinical social worker who is named Carol Ward. And she outlines six ways to practice gratitude and improve caregiver health. And number one, she says, thank your earthly guardian angels. These are the people we've just talked about assembling into a team to talk with the care recipient about setting a course of action moving forward. Thank these people. It may be a text, it may be a note, it may be a letter, it may be a call, it may be a prayer, but whatever you do, thank them, encourage them to continue working with you, you need them, and it will give you great joy to express gratitude to them. And then try and spread that positivity through that gratitude, to everyone you encounter. It's amazing what a little thing can do, like a smile, if you meet someone passing them in the aisle in the grocery, and you smile, you may see them smile, and it forms a moment. And what we hope is that they then smile at the next person they see, and so forth. And then she says, Ms. Ward says, to spend some time each day on cloud nine. And what she means by that is to find your happy place and recount to yourself the positive experiences you've had either in life or that week or that day or that hour, whatever it might be. Explore the positive and acknowledge the positive and acknowledge the small joys. So if you pulled aside the curtain this morning and a beam of light, Shown through the clouds, be grateful. You saw something wonderful and beautiful. Acknowledge that. And then devise an emergency pick-me-up plan. My mother, uh, who raised me as a single mother, always kept cash in her wallet. She called it her mad money. And what she intended to use it for was anytime she got mad, she had enough money to get away. Now, she wasn't going to leave me necessarily, but she kept that mad money when she remarried when I was a little older, Uh, and she always had her mad money, and she still has her mad money. And what is that? It's her emergency plan. When I've got to get away, for you, it may be the bookstore. It may be the library. It may be church. It could be anywhere. It could be a fountain, a stream, anything, Uh, but find that place And go there when you need to refresh and recharge. And then again, lastly, she says, Ms. Ward, to seek out like-minded souls. And I will affirm to you, they exist within these caregiver support groups. Please find them.
0: Sean, those are some great thoughts, especially about the Cloud9 and the Mad Money. I just, I love those thoughts. So thank you for sharing those. I was wondering also, could you please suggest a few helpful resources for older adults and caregivers to learn more about managing that stress you were mentioning and living with gratitude every day?
1: Well, Cheryl, I I think that that what we can do to help folks manage stress who are caregiving is is to insist, as, as we've said earlier, that they accept help and be prepared with a list of ways someone can help you when they ask. And then keep a strict focus on what you are able to provide. It may be necessary that someone be able to work with your loved one's tracheotomy, but it may not and doesn't have to be you if you're not capable. And in fact, if you're not capable, it shouldn't be you. So take a very realistic view of what you can provide and then set realistic goals for what you can achieve. Perhaps you cannot manage the tracheotomy of your loved one, but you can manage to get the mail. Everything is important for someone who can do nothing for themselves. And then again, I want to ask you and urge you to get and stay connected with others.
0: Thank you, Sean, for these valuable tips and resources. I was wondering also if there are additional resources that families and caregivers can access.
1: There, there are quite a number. I think if you uh, do a quick Google search, you could find uh, a great deal of information. And I encourage you to find that information. I've often thought that it matters less what system you employ to do something. It matters more that you have a system of some sort to do something. So, you know, certainly uh, our clients are rewarded by calling us at Care Patrol, and you can reach us at carepatrol.com locally in each of your areas. But naturally, you would, you would think AARP is a good site, and it is. The Family Caregiver Alliance, which is at elder, or excuse me, caregiver.org, uh, has a whole host of tools and toolkits to help you go through the setting up of being a caregiver. And then there's Medicare. So some of you may be at the end of your caregiving journey and it may be an opportunity or time for your care recipient to receive more professional care in a community or institutional setting like a nursing home. You can search those on Medicare.gov and get their ratings so that you are better informed about where you place your loved one. Um, And then there's the Johns Hopkins Family caregiver toolbox, and I would just encourage you to Google that Johns Hopkins family caregiver toolbox, which is another resource to help you put together a plan and realistic goals and execute that. Um, so there are many other you know resources that that are unnamed here and and that I, that we may not even yet know about. But I know for a fact that if you reach out to Care Patrol in any city, you can get the answer you want.
0: Well, thank you, Sean, for joining us today and sharing the important roles of caregivers and also living with gratitude each day.
1: Well, it's been my pleasure, Cheryl. And I'll share one little personal aside uh, that I thought about some weeks ago when you mentioned this topic um I care for my mother and I of course love her and but we are not close and we have never been close and many of my clients find that they are now providing intimate care for persons who they don't feel intimate with this is not unusual please don't have guilt about it the thing that helped me make peace with this was thinking about the Tibetan book of living and dying, a 1992 book by Sogyal Rinpoche, who details the Tibetan uh, approach to death in which there are four parts. The last part of which, upon seeing the brilliant, bright, radiant light that envelops us all, we run from it. And in, in the fourth stage of death, we immediately begin seeking and ultimately obtain our new parents. That, to me, is freeing because it says that I am in the situation I'm in of my own choosing. Therefore, the person I'm caring for was predetermined. And I can care for them knowing that it is part of my journey and not that it is an obstruction in my path.
0: Oh, thank you, Sean. Those are some just beautiful thoughts. And I just wanted to say thank you again for joining us today. And we'll look forward to chatting with you soon.
1: I hope so. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, thank you, Sean, for joining us today and sharing the support and information about living with gratitude. Listeners, To view resources, show notes, and access more My Care Advisors episodes, visit mycareadvisors.com. You can also subscribe and listen to our podcast on your favorite app. I leave you with this thought. Begin your day with an attitude for gratitude. Choose to be inspired to live the best life every day. Thank you for listening. We are grateful to be your guide.